I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. Welcome back to another episode of the Muskie Hunks Podcast. We're back. I'm one We're of your. Back, baby. <laughs> we are back. One of your five hosts this lovely evening, Ryan. And we're Reed. the five best friends that anyone could have. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's good to be back with you guys. It's been like what? Two to three weeks now, I feel like. At least. Can, we, can we use the song from that uh, animated dinosaur movie, We're Back? We can do whatever <laughs> you want to do. You remember that one? We've got top-notch no, editors here. I think this... it's just called We're Back. Dinosaur oh, he's movie? Got a, but what he's dinosaur a... movie? I don't know what the they hell get he's like, uh, time I was doing hangover quotes over here. Land Before Time. Oh, Land Before Time. No, it's a, it's different. I'll, I'll Is it recent? Nineteen ninety four. Oh, geez, you're in like the Benji era now, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> we we have four other hunks on the line tonight. One of which is Mister Nick Feasler. Feasler. Glad to be here. You just Hi, let Nick. us know. What? You let what us know called? when you when you find yeah when you find. Oh, I did. Time. It's it's we're back. Exclamation point! A dinosaur story. Ah, never heard of it. Me neither. A lot of time went into naming that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's original. <laughs> we also have on the call tonight, Mister Donnie Swinky. Evening, boys. Swinkies, Twinkies. Yeah. Evening, sir. How how are things at MacBid? Everything's good. I still uh, haven't secured that Twinkie Pro staff status, but I sent a couple emails. I'm waiting to hear back. <laughs> so wait, so you this is you were off for vacation last week and you came back this week and you got you 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 got one body this week already, right? Yes. Yeah. One one so nice. far. Yeah. Wow. That didn't <laughs> take long. Gonna make up, yeah. I was missing it last week. I was sitting on the beach going, man, I wish I could fire somebody right now. <laughs> it, itchy, it, itchy, awesome. itchy trigger finger. Just, yeah. That's awesome. Oh, guys, Donnie's back. Look wow. out. Death. Grim Reaper. We also have on the call tonight, Mr. Tom Venata. Yeah, you nope. Know, day Hello. three is a uh, Blackstone owner. Look at so you. Like, oh, I look a little right. different. We got, I forgot we have a Blackstone conversation to have tonight. We do. I look a little different tonight. It's because I've been e- eating Blackstone for three days. I now, like like I, before we go any further, <laughs> I got to ask you this question because I saw your Instagram story and you posted, mm-hmm. you posted cinnamon toast brunch pancakes on the Blackstone. How were these with, with the official Blackstone pancake maker? This is amazing. Yeah, they were okay, great. Owen's daughter actually got because oh, I don't know. Um, oh, the pancakes, yes. Mm-hmm. But the the pancake maker, like that, the the Blackstone pancake dispenser. I think yep. it, it looks like you you bought. Yep. How did that thing work? Great, easy peasy, cleans nice. Makes good. I mean, it's pretty basic i don't know if it needs to be 20 bucks but just a freaking pancake to like if oh. you use it a, like we used a bob evans on my first job same deal works good though delicious pancakes 
Just don't overfill it. I'm telling you from experience. I had a major issue with How mine. much freaking pancake did you put in that thing? Because I put a box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch pancakes in it and it filled it halfway up. So how many yeah, pancakes did you I overfilled it. I overfilled it and something happened. I was I had it sitting on the Blackstone and something happened. I don't know if it was if it was from the heat coming out of the side, but the lid just blew up and it freaking Ooh. went all over my back deck. Ryan Reed only buys pancake mix in bulk, fifty pounds. Apparently, bags. making yeah. two gallons of pancakes at a time. Yeah, right. the big Amish. We got the we got the giant <clears throat> Amish bag of pancake mix from like this Amish place up in uh, uh, bed uh, bed Bedford? Bedford Bedford. Thank you. Smoking doinks in Amish. Yeah, we we also have on the call tonight, <laughs> Mister Owen Seaman and Big O's Bucktails. Hey guys, how are you tonight? It'll be much better now. Good. Yeah. Um glad to be here. Glad to be down in the back back in the bat cave. You are. It's good to see everybody. I just feel like it's been way too long since we're rusty. on a podcast. I like didn't even know where my mic went. I like, forgot where to plug it in. Yeah. Yeah, that happens. So we've got a couple things to talk about here tonight. This is a uh I think this one's fair to say this is going to be a pretty standard hunks BS session. So who wants to get in? uh, I'd like to, you know, contradict that. Everything we talk about is highly educational. (laughs) Well thought. And intelligently put together, thought Mm -hmm. out. Yes. Refined. I think some people say. I I cite all of these in my continuing education uh, documentation. I will say this. I uh, I recently took on a very small role with Chapter 16 of Muskie's Inc. I'm going to be helping Joel with essentially like memberships and, you know, like helping people sign up, helping people renew, um, sending out welcome information and stuff like that. Assistant actually, to the regional manager. Yes, So you're like exactly. the Chapter 16 bouncer. You're the Donnie um, Swink of, uh-huh. of Muskie's Inc. Yeah. But the reason I bring this up is because from an educational standpoint, I put together a nice little document the other day for Joel, a little how to on how to enter fish in the lunge log. I thought that was pretty cool. I will say the new system does is for me, I I don't, maybe it's just because I'm accustomed to the old one is more cumbersome than I feel like the old one was. It's a little different. That's why I wanted to write a document on it. So we're going to be sending that stuff out at some point here real soon, but pretty cool stuff. Chapter 16 has got SOPs. Yeah, exactly. Statements of work. <laughs> what? At standard operating procedures. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't, I am not in the corporate world. Oof, I got we, no idea what all those little slang terms are. Yeah, I'm I'm writing statements of work at work. It's right organic, now. and you wouldn't understand it. So you so you know you're dealing with the hardo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we where do we want to start here? Because we've got a couple little things to get into. I know I know Donnie. I think we want to start with you because you've had number one. You just got back from uh, from vacation at the beach. I did. So maybe you can talk you're a little down bit the Outer about- Banks. Yeah, and just took the family on down there to the Outer Banks, and that you know. <laughs> Typical Pittsburgher, load up the car. Ian's catching anything? Cooler full, full iron cities. Oh. Ian's catching anything? 
Don Sr. Yeah. doesn't drink Iron City, does he? No, he's a Miller Lite man through and through. Oh, so he's they not a Bud it... Light guy, huh? No, no. <laughs> they could make it way Absolutely easier. Absolutely not. They just had a ferry leave out of Pittsburgh. And take, like, that. All the, take the Yinzers to the Outer Banks. Just leave from like the point. They all get on it. <laughs> drop them at the banks. They should just have like a, the, you know, the, you should be able to take the tea the whole way down. Mm-hmm. Man, roll that is, it on that is such a long drive, man. Holy cow. Yeah, especially what did it with take the, you? the little one. Yeah, what did it take you with the little one? So on the way down, you know, she's not big on the car seat these days. So we were worried about that, obviously, as well. So I actually took off Friday and then the whole following week. And I tried. My idea was I was going to sleep through the day a little bit so that I could drive through the night. Right. But, of course... I had a million things I had to get done just so that we could actually leave. So I really didn't sleep much. I'd like slept in an hour and that was basically it. But I, they got home from work. I loaded up the car and uh, we left at like 9 p.m. Friday night. And I drove through the night hoping that she would sleep. And she really probably didn't sleep much more than she would have if we had just drove through the day. But we did get there. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. I was flying pretty good. There was no traffic. It was a full moon, so it was nice and well lit. Oh, and yeah. I made really good time. I was on. We were eating breakfast in Nags Head at like six thirty in the morning. So we did all right. Yeah. Uh it took us. That's... Yeah. So we did. So what's it that? That's the... if you get there. If, if you're there by six thirty. That's six and a half. Nine. Nine. Yeah, we did it in about nine, nine and a half. I think, it, yeah, it was because we got there right about 630. We were probably sitting down in a restaurant between 630 and seven. We were ordering breakfast and everything. And uh, but like where we stay, we're actually still another hour and a half down on Hatteras Island. Like we were oh, on okay. the next island. So we really weren't there yet. But we also couldn't check into our place till two. So there really wasn't a point to rush. And that's where it got kind of rough because I was ready to be done uh, at that point. And then I had to, you know, continue to act like a dad and, and a coherent person for the next six hours till they let us into the hotel, yeah. the, the, not hotel, but the, yeah. the rental place. So, so do that, you guys stay at the same fun. place every year, like the, or traditional, like traditionally, or do you? Yeah, I, I mean, we've bounced around a little bit over the years. We've been go- we haven't gone every year, but we've gone quite. I mean, I've probably been down there ten to fifteen times in my lifetime now. I don't know exactly, uh, but you know, and, and we've bounced around a few times, but we've been going now consistently again for the last like three years. And we've been staying in the same place, which is pretty cool. Uh, it has, it's like a duplex and my sister and her family stay on the top. And then uh, me and my wife and my daughter and then my parents stay on the bottom one. So it's all kind of oh, connected, cool. but still a little bit separate. And it's, it's right on the beach uh, down in Buxton. If, if any, if you've been there, it's, it's right by where the actual Cape Hatteras lighthouse is. That's where we're staying. And how much fishing did you guys do? I know I know Don Sr. likes to to wet a line out the, down there. Yeah, he, he did a good bit of, of bank fishing. Again, it, it was a little tough. He caught a few, but nothing great from the from the surf. Uh I didn't I didn't get to do that a whole lot. It's it's tough because it's 
like he's going down in the mornings and the evenings. And that's kind of the, the time where I'm helping with everything that's going on and <laughs> with the baby in the it's morning that time, the yep. evening, and, you know, midday, it's kind of tough to go down there and, and really fish with all the people around and that, that stuff. So, but we did a little uh, half day charter as well one day. Uh, and uh, we were, it was a little mix of trolling and, and they call it bottom bouncing or kind of like jigging uh, on some shipwrecks and stuff. And we were catching trigger fish and uh, what was a Spanish mackerel that, and that was a lot of fun. That's cool. Time. The, so the trolling is... was kind of neat. Just seeing the way I'm we're riding around and I can't lie. Like I'm watching what their program and I'm thinking this is exactly what we do on, you know, Pima tuning, except their shit's a lot bigger than ours. <laughs> like, I'm like, I can well, come down here and do this with the tracker. I just need a really big reel. How many guys were on your boat? Like, I mean, how, when you chartered, like, was this a six man charter or 12? No, it was a, uh, it was just, I, I booked a, a half day. I booked the whole boat. Uh, it, you can do up to six people on it, but okay, it was, cool. uh, it was just me and my dad and my nephew. We, we took, we chartered the whole boat for a half day trip. So it was five hours. We went out at eight and we were back in at like one. Uh, so it was, it was a good time. It was actually, you know, it, it was like, we didn't go all the way out into like the Gulf stream or whatever, but we went out, you know, just far enough and, you know, my my nephew was starting to get a little squeamish. It, it was a little funny. There was a, a good chop out there going that day too, and so he got to get his feet, his sea legs on pretty good. So I'm going. The kids have convinced me to go to the beach for the first time. Yeah, I, I not for the first time. Like I used to go years ago, but be, the beach just is not not my thing. I'd rather go to Canada and fish for muskies, but they've really. They go every year, and so we're going to Ocean City for a week in August. I have nothing to fish with. I have no fishing gear. I would like to, like, at least, you know, maybe even charter, do some type of a charter for a half a day or something like that, take the kids out. I don't know. I didn't know that type of thing was was possible. Oh, yeah, and I'm sure, like, actually, I think I've done it out of Ocean City before. Like, it's something that might be decent to do with the kids. Uh, a lot of those marinas and stuff they'll run like little headboat deals where you know they'll take like 30 or 40 people out and you go for you know it's it we did we did something like that when i was a kid or not when i was a kid like when i was younger and it was all you did was jig for croakers yeah pretty much stuff like that down there in ocean city you're going to be most likely they're going to be jigging for flounder i know that's real big down there yeah, so, yeah, weak fish and flounder. I think I've I've done right. some I've done a few flounder charters down there, but the thing that sucks is we always got the charters that were in the bay. Yep. Yeah, so it's a little different, but I never really had a banger down there on one of those though. I'm but sure that would you definitely go be sure uh, out of Ocean City too. I I don't I've never done it. I definitely did a couple flounder deals uh in the bay like ryan's talking about but that's what those inshore ones might be the the better the safer ticket with the with the kiddos with kids yeah yeah Yeah, they won't be any waves or anything in there my my grandfather used to take me crabbing in ocean city yeah that's that's so much fun they used to do that okay so when we used to go to ocean city with my family years ago we used to stay on the bay side and in this like kind of like a condo community 
instead of renting a you know a beach house, we had this whole, whole condo. And every night there were kids out there off the docks crabbing. And I always wanted to do that. And we never never really got an opportunity to. But those Maryland crabs that you buy that you that you catch there, those ones are a pain in the dick to eat. <laughs> that's part like, of the experience are, like, though. Dude, are the blue really crabs, no fun right? Mar- maryland, no fun to eat <laughs> maryland blue crabs are the best thing on this planet oh god they're you, my you favorite mean, old bay so you oh. so you sit there and you crack all, all, all like all that oh. shit open and eat oh, all dude. that junk <laughs> dude i swear to you deanna we'll, we will go okay so we i grew up staying on 29th street in ocean city at this place called the towers if you guys have been to ocean city on the strip the there, red light district or? we used to always yeah. stay at the yeah. pink Dol- yeah. at the pink dolphin hotel on like okay that's 30- not yeah that's I know not exactly right by anthony you're talking right about. actually i think i stayed yeah. there one time too. we stayed we stayed there for years years yeah. as a kid i've i've bought a, a lot of booze at anthony's but there's oh, this place like, dude, their fucking hoagies are unbelievable <laughs> mary and i were just talking about that the other night i was like i remember being down in ocean city and there was this place that made hoagies and she was like anthony's like yep yeah <laughs> anthony's there's a donut place called the fractured prune it's amazing i don't know if it's still there it's been a few years but there's a place called pgn and it's right on 29th street and you go in there and you and like probably like a million other restaurants down there you can order like trays of blue crabs and they come out you know whole crab on a tray I'll, i will literally sit there for hours and Deanna will get to a point where she's just literally cracking crabs and just piling up meat for me. And I'm just sitting there. That's all I do down there. See, I have cousins that that live in Salisbury, Maryland, you know, like a half an hour outside of Ocean City. And they would they were they were always super into the crabs and they would bring them up whenever we do family things. And, dude, they'd be, like, digging in these things. They'd have that yellow shit all over their face and all over their hands. Oh, I... And I'm like, dude, you realize that? Ye- you know what that yellow shit is, right? Oh, I mean, that's, shit. like. Seasoning, yeah. baby. Oh, Seasoning. my God. I dated um, a girl in I will, Jersey. I will, I will never, never eat those things without thinking of them, like, licking their fingers of all oh, that yeah. fucking it. shit. In yeah. college, so I dated this not... Jersey girl, and we went out to Long Beach Island, and we were going to go crabbing. Like, I was staying with her family, and her cousin, this real cool dude, Alex, he's like, we're going to go crabbing, and we're going to be, like, the big shots of today. Is that you know, a weird go... way for her to tell you something? Maybe, but, yeah, but he's he's like, we're going to be the big shots. We're going to bring home, like, a big bushel, and we're going to cook them up for the family and stuff. So we bought, like, our crab pot, bought our bait, went crabbing for the day. We literally caught one crab. We stopped at the shed on the way back and bought, like, two bushels of crabs. Took them home, cooked them, and to this day, her family doesn't know that we didn't catch those crabs. They were, like, so amazed. They're like, you guys just caught all these? And we're like, yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, we literally caught one, like, sublegal blue crab that we didn't even keep. We threw it back, and we're like, we're screwed. we got to find crabs on the way. Pumping subs. So years and years and years ago, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but there used to be a place right outside of Ocean City called Shantytown. Yeah. Okay shantytown there was a bar i can't remember the bar so maybe i'll tell this story real quick so when i was real young we were we were at the we were at ocean city for a week and we were getting ready to leave and one thing we always did was my grandma would stop and buy a bunch of crabs to take home for my uncle well there was an issue in the car like i wanted to go in with her and she'd said no she's gonna run in whatever well somehow i opened the backseat door and i'm talking young like i was probably six years old maybe maybe seven we pull out on the main drag on the highway. She pulls out. I'm leaning on the door. The door opens up and I get ejected from the vehicle. 
dude. It, that, dude, in oh. the middle of Coastal Highway. Okay. Oh, like shit. on a Saturday, we're leaving and there's traffic everywhere. I am now finding myself like holding on to the door. Somehow I I'm holding on to the door. Somehow I just let loose and I end up in the middle of the highway, like rolling <laughs> Was it down a Buick the road. Century station wagon. No, it wasn't. But it dude, I all I can remember is getting up and like running full speed, getting into the car. And then my they took they we went over to Shantytown because my my pap always had to get a beer before we drove home. <laughs> And I can just remember him like sitting Going for the road. Yeah. Like I'm going to drive. I'm going to have to have yeah. a couple beers first. Exactly. Very self-conscious about my driving. That's how it was. And I can remember sitting at the bar with him at Shantytown and him just looking at my chin that was like tore up. My elbows are all tore up and bleeding from the road. And he just looks at me and he's like, oh, you're, he's like, you're going to be fine. He's like, you're fine. <laughs> and that was the end of it, dude. I went home and never like we, I remember everybody's so you're like telling me you got ejected. Yes, dude. From I fell out of the car. You got physically injured and your pap still had to get his beer. Yeah, dude. We sat probably needed two after that. Yeah. <laughs> it happened. It's a true story. I fell out of the car and we went to Shantytown and he pounded well, I, his be- I believe the story because that actually happened to my sister, <laughs> except she held on to the door. So the door swung open of of the, our our nineteen like eighty three Buick Century station wagon, and uh and my sister was like hanging on in mm-hmm. her bathing suit at like maybe five six years old, and my mom's like, and I'm like, mom, mom, mom. Of course, she's like smoking a cigarette up front, uh, and I, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm I don't have a I don't have a, a any seatbelt on. I mean, this was like nineteen. 19- the early eighties. Oh, yeah. oh man. That's it. That is, that is a, a memory that is seared into my brain of my sister, that door opening up, swinging open and her hanging on. I'll oh, never yeah. forget it. Yeah. My was mom it, told was it like the swing gate tailgate thing? No, no, no. It wasn't just the, like that giant one. one. It, yeah. It was just one of the back doors. Yeah. I fell out of the car. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great. Yeah, I just remember my mom like, don't tell your dad when we get home. Don't tell your dad. First thing I do when I walk in the door is like, hey, dad, guess what? I fell out of the car. He's like, what? <laughs> you did what? <laughs> yep, it happened. Just, was this before normal. or after Pap's beer? Oh, this Brody. was well after. Well yeah, after the road. This is after you got home. Times were different back then, boys. I will <laughs> say, Donnie, the, so I've only been down to Hatters one time, but we went out fishing there for, we were going after like Mahi Mahi. Yeah, hands mm-hmm. down, best fishing I've ever experienced. Yeah, I, and we've done that a few times too. I, I looked into doing that again this year. Uh, we we usually go out of Oregon Inlet. Uh, is that where you went? Is that is that? Where I you think went? so. Teaches Lair is like the marina we were out of, but okay. but uh, uh, the the humorous event of that was my buddy and his now wife were like just dating, and we went out and she puked the entire trip. And me, my buddy, and his dad were just like in it with the like most masculine female first mate I've ever ever come across. And she's just <laughs> like bait and hooks, and it was amazing. Yeah, that Amy, Amy's just like yakking up up front the whole time. Like we did I, that for the first time when I, I think I was fifteen. Uh, we went down and. Uh, Josh actually came with us too. It was me and my dad and Josh, and he booked 
because they'll they'll take up to six on a boat and down there they'll they do things for those offshore charters they'll, they call them like makeup charters yeah like so that, if you don't want to pay that entire price for the whole boat you can split it you know between six people if you don't have a six-person party like you can put your name on a list and they'll try mm-hmm. to put you match you up with other half groups to get a full boat together you know so we've done that a few times over the years, but that was the first time we did it. Uh, I was pretty young. And uh, I mean, I, I honestly, I'll, I'll never forget that as long as I live. That's probably one of the most, you know, memorable, incredible fishing experiences I've ever had. Like it was just one of those things, like when, when you got out there for the first time and that was really the first time I was ever on any type of big water, which is as big as it gets, but you know, uh, when you're out there and, and you see like that water so clear and those mahi, you see them. I mean, you, they're so bright in the water too. You yeah. see them so far away, like coming through. And we saw hammerhead sharks and shit out there that day. And it was just, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely an experience. I'd say anybody, uh, something you want to do at some point in your lifetime. If, you know, if you enjoy any type of fishing, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely something you need to put on the bucket list. Well, if any of our listeners have any suggestions for me for uh, Ocean City, you know, personal experience, personal references, I'd rather I'd rather hear it from somebody that, you know, has has done a charter down in Ocean City and enjoyed it than, you know, just finding something on the Internet. So feel free. Have at it. Let me know. Raw chicken, crab trap. You're good. You're set. (laughs) Full set. I'd like to get the kids out on the on the boat, on a boat and, and on some fish. But. I don't really want to scare them with, you know, yeah, a, an offshore type of. I don't think you want to do that. I think you, no. I feel like you could find something down there that would be like a, even if you didn't do a headboat deal, you know what I mean? Something, some kind of you know, sim- similar to what I did this year with uh, the guys that I went out. We went on the sound side of the island where it wouldn't be quite as bad because I was taking my nephew. And, and right. did like a half day deal where maybe a little mix of some trolling, some bottom bouncing in the bay with, and, and just sponsor your own boat. Uh, there's got to be some some of that down there. I mean, I haven't really done it there, but I'm sure that there's marinas and shit. I still the crabbing is cool. Like you'll catch all kinds of different crabs, not just like the Maryland blue crabs too. Like bizarre looking, all kinds of goofiness. And if you don't, there's plenty of places to buy them at. That's right. Yeah. We catch crabs when we're trying to catch fish from the surf. Yeah. So all you got to do is go out and cast a piece of shrimp out or a piece of squid. You'll mm-hmm. leave it sit there long enough, reel it in, there'll be a crab hanging off of it. <laughs> there you go. There's your tip of the day. Tip of the day. We'll put that and in there. From your resident side. crabbing expert. We're going to have got, a swing outdoors guide service down, have, down the beach. Donnie shirtless on her calendar, holding a crab <laughs> with that quote right there on the calendar. That's all you need. I just imagine it in the in the seafood department of Giant Eagle with like a an Alaskan king crab shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> so you did you you've did a little musky fishing recently too, right? Well, all right, yeah, I guess so. We're gonna keep going. Is it time? Here. Can I push it along? <laughs> Yeah, I, we probably I should, because I feel like we've been talking about my, my vacation for quite a while now. Uh, but yeah, we also, uh, I I did that, I know we talked about it, the uh, the trip with Scott Grossi, the fly slapping trip. The original date 
had to be postponed due to uh, unfavorable water conditions. Uh, so then it got rescheduled, and I got out a couple weeks ago with them, two, three weeks ago now. Uh, we fished all day. We had a ton of action, and we didn't catch a damn thing. But, you know, that's how it goes. Scott was awesome. He claims that I did a really good job with the fly rod, and I'm not sure that's the case. I do think I did better than I expected. I don't have any distance with it. I'll say that, but the, you know, the one thing I could say right off the bat is in going with Scott, you know, it's in him knowing what my skill level was. It was obvious that where he took me, he made sure that that wouldn't be an issue. Uh, you know, he, so that's where his, kind of expertise if you want to say i think you know is a big factor and why i was still able to because i mean i moved i think six fish uh and my cousin moved five if i'm not mistaken uh he did have one try to eat and it just didn't really get a hook in it i didn't have any that even tried to eat but we saw a few nice fish uh so this as someone who's never fly fished a day in my life especially not for muskies when you say you move fish i mean i'm used to seeing fish move you know okay a follow from a bucktail you know how are you moving fish with a fly is it something that you're moving it way out away from the boat or is this you're seeing fish just with lazy follows oh uh, no yeah i mean that's pretty much what i was seeing i mean that's what i'm describing uh, honestly i would the way I was fishing it, and now I'm going to say that, you know, this is kind of the way Scott was showing me to fish it and and what we were doing. You know, I would say it's probably most similar to if you were fishing a bucktail. As, as close as you're going to get with a fly rod to, like, what you would draw a parallel with gear, it would be kind of like fishing a bucktail. You know, doing my thing back and forth, getting the old fly whip going, and then I'd get it out there, and then it, it was pretty much just – strip two hand strip as fast as i could get it back to the boat is what i was doing and then i go into an eight and and you know that was my deal uh where do you uh, stick the rod when you two hand strip so i would put it up on you know it would be like up under my arm like this and okay. then i hold it here and i'd be just ripping off line like this and it is it's it's awkward and you know it's it's <laughs> It's a weird thing because, you know, and all day I'm just telling myself because the main thing is don't set the hook or you're probably going to break the rod. And 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 I know how expensive the rod is because Scott told me that at the beginning of the morning. So I really didn't want to break it. But, you know, at my entire life, I've been trained to when I feel that tug to swing like hell. So all day I was like so nervous about that. But I, I never actually got bit, so I didn't have to worry about it. But. You know, <laughs> it's a weird, <laughs> you know, it's just weird. It's, I don't know. For me, it was strange because it's, it's everything is different than what I'm used to, but it was fun. It was cool to do something completely different. You know, when you're bringing out of your comfort in, zone, if you will. Like and, as you strip, do they kind of move side to side or was it? Yeah. Like well, I mean, it, it depends on the fly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, and I definitely saw that because uh, we switched them out and changed colors, and, you know, it's neat because it, you know, it's like everything's the same, but everything's different. So 
and and that's where I say like where Scott took me, it, it was like he took the the fact that I didn't have a lot of fly rod experience somewhat out of the equation as much as he could, because and and because I have the musky fishing experience in general, like I I think that's why I was able to kind of have a little bit of if you would call success in moving fish and stuff because I, you know I I know in my head what I want that bait to do to get a fish to, you know, want to react. I just didn't know necessarily how to get the rod to make it do what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) So it was trying to figure those things out and and talking to Scott and just seeing how baits reacted, things that I was doing and and how, how a fly was going to work if, you know, at this speed or that speed, or do I want to let it kind of, work it slower and go side to side like a glider or do I want to whip it real as fast as I can get it back to the boat and they they can be pretty versatile Uh, I think the one thing that you lack is that reaction strike factor Uh, the real speed factor that you get say burning a bucktail or trolling you know and I would say there's times where you're going to get a lethargic fish to go with that fly that maybe you wouldn't get with that speed. And probably the, you know, the reverse of that at times as well with a bucktail or something, but it was fun. It really was. Uh, I wish we would have got a a fish. Uh, My cousin had a really good time. Um, One thing I did want to say about Scott, first of all, I mean, Scott was a class act the entire time. Uh, just an awesome dude. And he really was, uh, he kept us out all day, literally all day. You know, we met him at the boat ramp. It was dark. And when we were taking the boat off the water, it was dark and this is summertime, you know, this isn't. And I mean, and I'll say this too, that, that fly rod, I, I was pretty worn out by the end of the day. Uh, you know, I, I can handle it just because, I mean, I've casted big rubber and shit all day as well. I mean, that wears you out too, but it, it was, it was a little bit different. My left hand was really cramped up too, from the way I was hold, like pulling the line, like holding my hand in one position all day. It seemed like that was honestly probably the worst part, but anyway, I got off subject, but uh, as far as Scott goes, he, we had ended up, we were out there fishing for a couple hours and we had some uh, battery issues. Uh, he had relatively brand new batteries that were sold to him. And for some reason they just, one of them just shit. And so we lost the trolling motor. We're in current. We're on this river. Uh, things actually got dicey for a minute pretty quick because we kind of started floating towards an area where you wouldn't want to be floating into. Um, and yeah, we had to fire up the motor fast and, and, uh, get, get out of harm's way in a hurry. But, uh, you know, just the way he handled the whole situation, like he took us, you know, he never got frustrated. He never got mad. Like he never kind of, because we all know how when things go wrong, how easy it is to get kind of upset or, you know, start making a scene or anything, whatever, just, just getting all fired up. And he was really cool, uh, he, we, first he went and ran us up on shore and he started messing with some things. Once he figured out what was going on, we went back to the dock. He disconnected batteries, ran to AutoZone, went and bought new batteries, came back, rewired, put in new batteries on his boat and everything at the dock. 
got us back wow, out there. While he was gone, he's telling me to take his boat and keep fishing, but I, I didn't do it. I was like, I, my shoulder's a little sore from three and a half hours of fly slapping. Anyway, I'm good to take a half hour break. <laughs> I'm going to eat my PBJ. Right. You go get your batteries. We'll, we'll go back, get back after it. But uh, it was just, you know, that kind of stuff, like the way he, you know, he handled that entire situation and he, he kept us cool and, and, got us back out there as quickly as he could. Like I just, I, it, it was a real tribute to uh, what I would say, you know, a class act guy and, and a, and a good uh, businessman, business owner. Um, Something that I was really impressed by. Dude, that's a, that's one of those weird things that happens out on trips. Like, I don't know, man, that says a lot, you know, that he, that he took care of you guys like that. You know, I don't know how many, I don't know if other guides at that point would have called it or not, right. you know? Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, that's honestly, that's like where my head was at for a second. We're on the shore and, and the electronics don't work. The trolling motor doesn't work. We're kind of, we're just out here. We got a gas motor and that's it. But I'm like, I don't know if he's going to say we're done. Like we're going to mm-hmm. have to do this again another time or something, or you're just SOL, <laughs> you know? He you didn't pull some crankbaits out of your pockets and offer right. to just troll. Hey, hey, hey. Pay up, we're done. Sorry, yeah, that's your luck. But no, it was uh, it was a really cool experience. It really was. Uh, I mean, do I think am I ever going to be a full time fly slapper? Absolutely not. You, I'm going to tell you guys that right now. But is it something that I think maybe once or twice a year I'd like to do? Uh, maybe get one rod of myself and maybe get back together with Scott once a year. Make that like a yearly thing. Uh, probably, uh, you know, it's, it's a cool experience. That's, That's one of those, the things that I'm always like really intrigued by is that the, I think it's, what is that? Chapter 60 Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance puts on the beast of the East fly. It's like fly fishing only Allegheny, Tyanesta and, uh, Kinzu, I think, are the like waters that you can fish. But well, they better watch cool out because next year there's a new expert coming to new town. New fly guy. New fly guy. <laughs> but it's just cool that I mean they usually get a lot of you know some pike, smallmouth, and uh, like the occasional brown trout in there too. Just cool to see the the fly guys. I'm still listening. Good to know. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I I really enjoyed myself. I did. Uh, I really wish my cousin would have got a fish. You know, I said that before uh, we went on. I was really hoping that was going to happen for him that day. But even him not catching a fish, like I got to see. Sometimes I think we lose sight. At least I guess I know I have of that knee shaking you're you know when you're brand new to musky fishing like that when you see a a 40 inch class fish at the boat for the pretty much the first time or like right at your feet like that about to maybe eat your lure and the way somebody who hasn't experienced that you know seeing that reaction and stuff because like you know again my cousin is very green he has not caught a musky you know ever that's the uh, same one that went some trout on the, what's that is that the same one that went to the or went out 
uh, deep sea fishing? No. Okay, no. different cousin. No. Yeah, that was uh, this was my my older cousin. That was my nephew that came yeah. with me. Oh, sorry. Deep sea yep. fishing. No, this this was uh, a cousin of mine. But, uh, you know, he's been fly fishing for a while and he's been trying to get a muskie on one for about a year now, but it just hasn't happened. And uh, that's what, you know, that was part of the reason why I booked this trip. I wanted to get him out and hope that he could get a chance, you know, to really get a crack at one. But uh, because I knew I couldn't help him. I mean, I could teach him some stuff about muskies, but I don't know a goddamn thing about any of that. So I thought getting out with Scott, it would be something for me to see something different and hopefully get him a shot at a real, you know, real opportunity at a fish, which he did. And he had a number of opportunities at some really nice fish. And like, you know, he, he was more than satisfied with his experience, even not catching a fish. You know what I mean? Like getting to see those fish and, and, and all of that. Uh, it, it was, it was a cool day. You know, I wish he would have got one to eat, but it was still, yeah, I, I could tell he really enjoyed himself too. So that made me feel good. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, what's next? Um, our, our, I think Let's our next stories. The, I'd trip. say your nice pikes are yeah. up. Well, I mean, so technically I went on a trip before the nice pikes. I didn't talk about that one. Multiple the nice Ni- pikes. Yeah, well, no, 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 no nice pikes on the other one, the Niagara trip with our past guests. You didn't catch any pike there? We didn't oh, yeah. We thought we yeah, might, we but we didn't know. that either. Yeah, we little Niagara River action with Luke Woolley and Nick Colangelo from way back. Are you allowed to the... talk about that? Oh, yeah. Do they make you oh, yeah. sign like a confidentiality agreement? Not a bit. There, I mean, there was nothing like no secrets of the trade up there. I think everybody kind of does the same things up there. and But it was it was a blast, man. We rolled into like everyone knows the Devil's Hole. I mean, that's like everyone knows that spot on the Niagara. We rolled in there at like sunrise on the first day and on like the second cast, I caught like a 25 inch walleye on one of my swim baits i'm like this place is pretty cool and i mean that's like it's unlike any water i ever fished i mean i never fished in freaking whirlpools and current like that and like we're taking the boat up to the head of the run and dropping a trolling motor in like white water i'm like are you sh-? he's like tom put the trolling motor down i'm like are you, are you sure like is this a mistake like what I've never, I've just never seen anything like it in person. Like being on a boat in water like that was like borderline terrifying, but like awesome. Like it's just unreal. Yeah, I mean, that's the types of places where you don't want to fall in. No, I mean you're going up through like the Niagara River and the Devil's Hole, looking up at the bridge, and there's like whirlpools to your left, to your right, and like five different currents coming from every direction, and like you hit these whirlpools and he's not going slow. He's like full throttle up the middle of this river. And then you're the back of your boat hits one of those whirlpools and you can feel the boat do like a little, like, like a little shimmy. That's it's, it's just different. It's a lot different than riding around on Pimey. We'll say that. I was enjoying never. Go ahead, Nick. I was enjoying going up there, like on the New York side, the Niagara falls is like industrial wasteland. Uh-huh. And, then, and then like the canadian side of niagara falls is like oh tourist trap <laughs> so we did we fished a little of the wasteland America. territory in new york and that was cool to see like a little i guess that's i don't know what town that is honestly it's not it's buffalo falls yeah but it, we fished a little of that like the and it, it was kind of cool that area kind of reminded me of like our three rivers it's like real rusty and like industry and kind of grungy and we saw two people banging on a flagpole on the side of the highway like that's a true story 
like up like, on the flagpole no like sitting on like the concrete like base <laughs> of the flagpole next to the highway just banging one out i'm like i feel like i'm in pittsburgh now like i feel like yeah, i could but- just see nate bud pop up around the corner or you feel like you're trolling Arthur. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> that that was a cool trip, though. That was like the warm-up to the nice pikes in Deep Creek, like our vacation. I think I went on this vacation at the same time Donnie did, actually. We both did our little week longer. But yeah, I think I, so. Yeah, we don't go to the beach. We go to Deep Creek, Bearland. That's kind of like the other Pittsburgh hot route. Everybody in Pittsburgh either goes to the Outer Banks or Deep Creek, and we do Deep Creek. And it's, I don't know, I've been going there since I was a little kid, and I just wanted my big pike. I think we talked about it last year. I kind of got, like, some mid-30s, and that was, like, I thought that was the cap. I'm like, cool, this is what I was waiting for. But this year, I got what I was really waiting for. Uh, 42 and three-quarter incher, which is, like, it just blows the shit out of any other ones I've caught. I mean, like, I think up till then, my biggest was, like, 36 or something. There's a substantial jump going from a 36-inch pike to a 43-inch pike especially when you're trying to cream it in the butterfly net. I wanted to ask you about this because yeah, in the butterfly net, because mm-hmm. so we've talked about this a good bit too, like between the two of us and like deep Creek Pike has always been one of that thing, you know, one of those things for the both of us, like, mm-hmm. and I've never caught a fish over 40 inches there. But the one thing I'll say, you know, the mid thirties pike, the upper thirties pike, like dude, they, that fish that you caught was so, so different comparatively mm-hmm. to those mid thirties, upper thirties fish. It, mm-hmm. it was unbelievable how different like that for the shoulders on the fish that you caught was so much bigger than anything I've handled on that lake. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Me like, too. Just, I mean, as soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah, it's just like a different fish entirely. Like, don't get me wrong. Like this little, th- this 35 inches and stuff. Those are a blast. Like that made my trip last year, catching a couple of those. I thought that was like the creme de la creme right there, but my God, it was like, it was like holding like a good muskie. I mean, and we fish, like I said, I fished that lake since I was a little kid. And I mean, the pike was always like the, the 50 inch muskie there, you know, like the bait shop when I was little, we saw like the 45 incher. And when you're six years old, that looks like it's 10 feet long. And I mean, from that moment, I'm like, oh, dad, we got to get one of those. And my poor freaking dad had, he had no idea how to catch him, but Literally go out into the middle, you take a bobber, put your minnow like two feet deep and just chuck it off the side of the pontoon. Like no fish finder, no nothing. We didn't catch shit, ever did. And that's why this fish was just so special because like in February I lost them and just catching that fish, I'm like, oh my God, that was the one we wanted literally. All those times we rented that pontoon when I was little, like that's what we were after. And uh, I mean, I went, I went bananas. Like I, I was screaming and stuff. Kayla called me a lunatic. A family came out to the dock to like, make sure we were okay. And it was just perfect. It was like, unlike any fish I've ever caught, honestly. So I, I missed the, a portion of this, but I want to, I, I kind of want you to take us through this yeah. because this was a little, so when you're talking about this, this vacation, like, you guys typically like like D and I are gonna go down there at the end of the month. We go down for a week, but it's for our anniversary, so it's not really a fishing trip per se. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm gonna take the boat this year. We're gonna fish a little bit here and there, but it's not gonna be like, you know, what you would consider a week at the lake, right? Mm-hmm. So like walk me through this a little bit because like how much time were you spending on the water with Kayla through that? Well, week? okay. So that changed when the fish happened. So up till then it's like, 
I get up, I have my alarm set for sunrise and I'm out there like till this, till she wakes up and she's ready to eat breakfast. Like I'll milk every last minute of like fishing I can get. Cause I wanted that pike so bad. And I mean, literally up and I think I caught that fish on Friday. So up to that point, that was what I was doing. Literally just milking every spare freaking minute of fishing I could get like alarm for sunrise fish till 10. She wakes up, scarf down breakfast, back on the water, fish till dinner, eat dinner, back on the water till dusk. Because that's, I literally just wanted, it was like musky fishing. I just wanted that 40 inch pike. And then Friday happened. And then I noticed like, that was the first time I've been like at peace down there. Like, I don't think I set an alarm for the last day. I think that evening we went like shopping or something. I'm like, I don't care. We'll do whatever. Like, and that was weird. Cause you know me, like I like to milk every second. Like if we have a trip, like our hunks weekend, like if it's Friday to Sunday, I'm staying Sunday till like dark and I'm going to fish. Cause I'm like a lunatic like that. I like just like anxious like that. But that was the first time after I caught that fish and it hit the net. I'm like, I'm good now. Like that, that's what I wanted. Like I can go relax for a little and granted that wore off. Now I want a 44, but it was a nice like day while it lasted of peace, you know? Well, I, I find this interesting because again, like when I, when we go down, like I'm used to fishing maybe two hours in the morning you might get mm-hmm. two hours in the evening and then we're usually doing stuff, you know, around the lake, like whatever it is. So I don't, you know, we've had days down there where we've rented a boat and we've spent two, three days out on the water, but I never really like hit it that hard per se. Well, I, I'm lucky cause she likes to just take a book and read. So like she, she's cool with just like sitting there. She doesn't have to be fishing. Like she's content reading. We got some snacks, you know, comfy. We're good. I don't think she, prefers to be out on the water for like 14 hours at a time but when you're docked at the lake i mean we stay lakefront so it's a two minute ride go back eat reset go to the bathroom you know the other question good well the other question i have though is like we're talking about this amount of time but if i remember correctly i saw some rain gear in some of those pictures so what like because typically we go down there in june they get storms they get sounded it's just every year. I mean, you, we go well, down five, six days and you got rain, you know, two, three, four days. No, I mean, I don't know if my dad was helping out this time or what, but we got rained on for like 15 minutes the entire week. There wasn't another drop of rain that entire week, but like an annoying 15 minute mist while we were out fishing and just enough to be annoying, like not even enough to get you wet. Just like, yeah, go away. And it did. Then it was, I mean, that like you said, that's unheard of for that place too. You go down, you're looking at like every other day's rain and miserable. And I'll tell you too, June is like the time to go because that lake was a ghost town. I mean, I was the only boat on the lake till like 11 a.m., 10 a.m. And then I'd see like one guy go cruising by versus when we usually go July when you're getting your salad tossed. Like, I think June's the time, man. Yeah, we always go the end of June and it's just starting to like as we're leaving, usually Fourth of Julyers are coming in. Mm-hmm. And prices go up, so I think it's like June. Do you remember what peak season was? Like, like Father's Day. Yeah, like Father's Day weekend, I think marks peak season. So any dirty Pittsburghers listening, your prices are cheaper before that, and there's less people. So if you're into the fishing thing, that's your that's your time. Yeah, and that's what I was trying to explain to Nate, bud, too, because like that lake in particular, it, I'm not going to say it's a hard lake to fish, but it it can be very challenging if you're if you're going down there to spend any amount of time to fish for pike. They're there, they're definitely there. But it's not just that; it's the weather. 
It's the up and downs with the weather. You've constantly have it. You've constant boat traffic. Like when we talk boat traffic, this isn't like, like Donnie, you, you know, with Arthur and stuff like in the summer, you know how there's kayakers everywhere and there's boats everywhere. Like mm-hmm. that's pretty miserable. Like deep Creek is 10 times worse than that. Like a West branch. It's, it's like West branch. It's like Racetown in the summer, but probably worse. Like it's cause I think Racetown is much bigger like Deep Creek's only what sixty five hundred acres, something like that. It's a that. lot of shoreline, but it's like skinny, so everyone's Real packed skinny. in. Yeah, and it's I've just never, like I've been to that lake like five times, but I've never once fished it. It's always been for like drunken bachelor parties and shit. Why they always choose there, I don't know. But my That's friends playground, did. and maybe There's like not even anything down there. Like, like yeah. what do you guys? What do you guys do all week? Fish. Like, I remember, there, well, if, like, if you're not fishing, but I'm talking like Ryan saying he's not, he's going down and he's not fishing. What the hell do you even do down there? Well, I remember I mean, like three bars and a, well, and a pizza shop. There's a lot, there's a lot more bars down there now. I mean, it's a lot more built up now, like as far as houses and stuff like that. I mean, but we go down primarily to hang out at the lake. We'll go do the falls for a day, which is a, you know, a hike through however many 20 falls that they have up at, uh, Swallow Falls, you know, there's a lot of like shops and stuff like that. Like D likes to do the antiquing thing. And like, we, we go around doing that sort of stuff. I mean, we, there's multiple restaurants that we eat at. Like you can't really, even in a week, like, I don't think you could cover all the mm-hmm. restaurants that are there, you know, and some of them Is are out. Really that many. Yeah, there I are. I mean, drunk. yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a week to relax, mm-hmm. you know, like, and fishing's a huge part of that, but. You know, like if you get a rainy day or something, we go to the movie theater and see a movie. It's just, mm-hmm. you just hang out for a week and relax. It's not really about go, go, go. You know, it's not like, yeah, a Disney, you know, but it's, we're just always doing something that's not, you know, we're, we're fishing, but I'm not there to fish, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm growing the opposite. Up, up, up until this fish, I was there on a mission. Even if I said I wasn't, I was there on a mission secretly and she knew it. She's like, this is a vacation. I'm like, yeah, it's a vacation. Let me just go grab these 17 rods real quick. Yeah, exactly. But like years ago, I used to do that. Like we used to go out and rent boats and I'd walleye fish constantly. Like that's all I would do there is walleye fish because I, that's what I like to do. But, you know, we got married, things changed just like anything else. And you just kind of adjust to that. But that's why I think that that fish is even more special because I mean, I, I know that lake, I grew up going there. Like we talked about that and I know the struggles that can be that you can have there and it's forever changing too. Mm -hmm. Like the weeds are forever changing. There's always just, I mean, it's just, it's like musky fishing. It really is a lot like musk. It's like a European pike fishing. Like, and it is a beautiful lake to to pike fish on. For sure. It is. It's like beautiful scenery and it really does. It feels like Canadian almost. I mean, not that I've been there, but what I imagine Canada would feel like. It's just like a deep, very deep, clear body of water. But the waters has like this dark, like clear, but it's dark. It's It's, exactly. mm -hmm. And it's like, it's very mysterious. It is. It's just one of those places, but. Yeah, it man, was a that was blast. A, that's a special fish. So, how did you do otherwise? Did you? I mean, I saw a couple oh, we pictures. Tore it up. Like, I mean, she we we did our usual dock fishing for like the panfish. I, and I, like I, I think I told you this. I th- we damn near came close to breaking the rock bass record twice on the same dock, two back to back rock bass, both pushing twelve inches. 
And I think the record's like a pound and a half right now. And I know these were over a pound. So if they weren't the record, they were in the running. And I mean, the big bluegill were back. We caught a lot of big bluegill and a lot of walleye, a lot of bass, a lot of pickerel. I, I used the swim baits. I was using the little six inch swim baits on the pickerel. They were loving them. Caught a big bucket on the eight inch swim baits, like the biggest bass I've caught since I was little. It was just, it was a fun trip. And like I said, it's not musky fishing. It's like, it kind of marks like when I start musky fishing, like now I'm ready to go. I put the musky stuff in the boat and Donnie will be happy. I won't be playing with trout anymore. Yeah, right. It's just, it's a nice little, like Ryan said, it's, I it's, give it it's a relaxing. Week. Yeah. You'll see, it, it'll be, you'll see pictures of them out uh, throwing the worms. Crappy fishing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I get it all out of my system there. I mean, like you, like you said, we go dock hopping with the, we literally go worm and bobber fishing there. And that's like so refreshing to me to just dunk a freaking bobber and a worm and catch like nine inch bluegill. Yeah, like a nice cool. little precursor to the summer and the musky madness. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That lake is just everything in that lake is healthy. That's the one thing mm-hmm. I will say about it. I mean, it, you can go down there and fill your pan up with bluegill pretty quick. Everything but the walleye. Everything grows big in there but the freaking walleye. I don't know why. They've always been stunted for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't well. know what it is, but... Well, that's time, cool. Though. Nice pikes. Now nice, I want my 44. Nice pikes, Tom. Mm-hmm. Your turn next month. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how much fishing we do. I got Dee the cooler, so that's good. I'm happy she's not going to drink out of the live well. Yep. <laughs> that's the key right there to keeping them out on the boat all day. You have to make the accommodations. You have to pack good snacks. You have to make it comfy. You know, bring a towel, maybe a raft. Make I have the to accommodations. Say, Kayla, Kayla is a saint. A saint. She, she's a freaking saint. <laughs> the way she My sits there and reads that. books in poor weather, and you know, again, she's a saint. Yeah. Not a chance in hell. My wife would be out there in a poncho in the rain while I was fishing. Oh, I don't know where this is coming no. from. That I was fishing in the rain. I wasn't. I was fishing in the rain for like ten minutes. She I wasn't in a poncho. It was beautiful. It just, some of the pictures I saw, you just looked like you were soaking wet. You were both in bibs. And I was chilly. Like, it was so it is chillier in June down there than July, but not wet. I was yeah. a little wet after the forty-two incher. I'll say that, but I'm sure you were. Well, we're happy for you. You got Thank your forty-plus you. inch pike. Congratulations. Thank you. Now let's hear nice about the pikes. big the big win. What everybody's waiting to hear about the big win. What are you talking big about? Win. Big win. Twenty. Oh, we already talked about that, bud. There was Did a whole. Oh, epi- I missed that one. There was a whole episode on that one. Ah, shit. All right. Whoops. <laughs> Jeez, Tom didn't even listen. That's busy, Pike. We don't get service down there, in Maryland. You're off the face of the world. I missed that. Off to go back. That I can vouch for. Yeah. I will say we. Uh, so chapter sixteen has a youth outing, and I think this is what the third year for it, Donnie. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. It started in 2020. That was the first year they did it, I'm fairly certain, because we weren't able to do the veterans outing because something to do with COVID restrictions. Yeah. I can't remember what it was, but that's where it would spawn the idea of the, the youth outing came from that, um, um, if I recall. So this is the first year where 
I really could do one of these types of events where you basically get paired up with somebody and take them out fishing. And I w- I'll say like, you guys know, like I'm still very green with the boat, but I'm starting to get comfortable enough to where I feel confident to be able to take other people out, you know, backing the, the boat in and doing all the stuff you got to do at a ramp, especially with as busy it is in the summer, June, July, August, whatever. So I decided to sign up for this and somehow I got paired up with Rob and Jace Plocky. Okay. This was like super exciting to me. We talked about it a little bit on the last one. Um, I was talking to Rob for like a week and a half leading up, you know, we're kind of game planning, trying to figure out what we wanted to do. And it's just, when you're talking about the youth outing, you guys can correct me if you feel like I'm wrong here, but I feel like it's easier to troll, you know, when you've got a young guy on the boat, um, just, the, just the program in general, try to catch a fish. Like it's easier to just set lines and troll. setting a bad example for those little kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I talked to Rob about it and he was good with it. So we kind of knew we were going to do some trolling and I will say like, I, so I pull into the ramp that, that morning, this was back on June 4th. It was a Sunday morning, pull into the ramp and, and Rob and Jace are ready to go. And I had a little care package ready for Jace. I was all excited. Like the week before I wanted to get him a couple baits and just get, you know, just excited to, to be able to take somebody out and, you know, hopefully try to catch a fish. Like our, our goal was to get Jace's first muskie. Like that was the whole, the whole deal it was like, how old is Jace? He's seven years old. That's awesome. So kind of going back to Muskie Max, you guys, we talked about this a little bit, but Jace had entered Todd Leo party, Leo Lore's coloring contest at Muskie Max. And Todd put these little graphics together and it was basically like, you know, color your own lore. His plan was to, you know, ra- do a raffle, pick a winner, and then, the end goal here was to actually paint that color for that, for that kid that, that colored the picture. So Jace actually got pulled and eventually Todd painted that bait. And, uh, it was just like a cool thing that Todd did for Muskie Max and it got the kids involved. And I know like Rob and Jace were like super pumped about this mojo they got. And the one thing Rob said to me, like leading up was like, man, Jace wants to catch a fish on, on that bait that Todd painted for him. Like, I, dude, I think all of us know, like, you realize how hard that is <laughs> to tell a seven-year-old, like, we're standing at the ramp and Jace is like, I'm ready to catch a fish on my bait today. And I'm like, all right, bud, we're going to run it. You know, we'll see what happens. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, dude, I don't know if this is even going to be in the realm of possibilities to be able to get this one done. But we are just talking about, you know, getting him his first muskie and, Dude, the whole day, like, it was just awesome from start to finish. Like, meeting up with them at the ramp, launching the boat, getting everything, getting out on the water. Uh, Jace wanted to listen to some music. He's like, I'm like, what do you want to listen to? He's like, 21 Pilots. I'm like, I have no idea who that is, but all right, we're going. <laughs> so I put on I put on music, and Jace is dancing around the boat, and we're having a good time and just hooting and hollering and, you know, trying to keep them in the game because, you know, it wasn't a long – I think it went from, what, 8 to – two, something like that. Five, six hours is a long time for a young kid out on a boat when you're not doing a lot, you know, catching, catching wise. So just driving around, trying to keep them entertained. My, so like with my inexperience and like what I've been trying to do this year, like my biggest thing was like, 
change the graph. So you guys, like I, I've, I've been one of the, since I got this Helix unit, like one of the biggest game changers for me is that color shading. Like that feature to me is the greatest thing they've ever done with fish finders and whatever, like just for trolling. Like I set that graph up and I just, I looked at Rob. I said, you're going to drive all day, just stay in the green and we'll figure it out. So I set that graph and just kind of knew like we wanted to stay away from like cribs and all that stuff. So I set it a little bit deeper and, that was kind of our plan is I just wanted to fish deep and, and try to stay out of trouble and, and keep Jace in the game long enough to hopefully get a bite. So we're out there and it's like 12 o'clock, nothing's going. And at that point, I'll, I'll give a little shout, shout out to Kellen here because Kellen was on a freaking tear with his kids that day. It was unbelievable. I'm sitting in the outer banks getting text messages left and right. Kellen and these kids holding muskies. I'm like, God damn. I guess I did them a favor by going south. Uh, I took all the cold, shitty weather with me because it was you like did. 65 degrees that day and raining. Yeah, it was nice up here. It yeah, was, they're up there banging skis on Arthur left and right. You're welcome. So, so the way this this little like youth tournament set up, like I didn't really even know because we didn't. There wasn't like any major. It's not like a like a you know a regular tournament. You're just out there for the kids to have fun. But the way this was set up is like you know, every kid is entered. So Kellen had what, two, two or three of his kids on the boat. So you have two kids or three. He, he has had two. two. Okay. So it was actually, two. I'm sorry. It was his son and his nephew. Okay. Okay. He has three kids, but, uh, only his oldest son, uh, his daughter is still pretty young and the, the youngest right. is a baby. Okay. So put this into perspective. Like I got Rob on the boat who fishes for muskies and he's got experience on a boat, like I have help, right? Like I'm out there working rods, Rob, you know, Rob's driving and we're both keeping Jace in the game and it, just having fun. But then I look over at Kellen and I'm realizing like he's by himself with two kids, like trying to run rods on, on Arthur. Mind you, like there had to be 20 plus musky boats on the water that day. And we were all fishing the same freaking areas. So you were playing bumper boats out on that lake. And I like I knew where Kellen was at because we saw him catch a fish. And like it was in the same areas we were working. And it was just I'm thinking, man, dude, he's by himself. He's got two kids. There's freaking baits everywhere. Like I just all I could think of was like hats off to him for doing that and being able to put ultimately three fish in the bag. Yeah, they had a, t a good day. I know he texted me. <clears throat> I didn't hear from him until he had already had two fish in the boat, and he sent me both both fish. And I saw it was two different kids, and I'm like, I said, "Are you? Is it just you and both those kids?" And all he responded back is, "Yeah, it's a shit show." Yeah, <laughs> I was like yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> it it was uh it was wild to to watch him work because we we fished near him pretty much most of the day. So it was kind of interesting. Like Charlie was out there. Evan was out there. I was seeing pretty much everybody that fished was in the same areas. And so we were playing bumper boats and working areas. And, you know, at this point it's like 12 o'clock, you know, we're on the water for four hours and Jace is starting to, you know, I could just tell, like, we got to make something happen here. So we, we just, you know, we kept going, we kept trolling and we, we tried to keep Jason the game. I kept feeding him sugar. Like he was just eating sugary 
candy and drinking stuff and huggies and all Same. You know, yeah like you just gotta you gotta keep them going but uh i can remember like i was dancing with them at one point jace was doing his musky dance and like evan like went past us and i'm like i'm doing like the lasso and i'm like trying to lasso evan as he's driving by and he just like looked at me and sh- shook his head and was like i just i was like you're an idiot so i, I will say this like i noticed from seeing Kellen, we actually got snagged pretty bad on a crib and it was actually a meatball and I wanted to get that bait back. We fought with that thing for like 45 minutes, dude. And as we're fighting with that, like I swear to you, every musky boat that was out on the water drove past us and people are just like laughing at us. I'm like over the side of the boat with the freaking lure retriever. And was I'm it windy? To, it wasn't terribly windy. I mean, there was some chop. It wasn't like that day, man, you were out there, but there was enough wind to make it annoying. Like we kept drifting off of it and had to go back over. And they said, thankfully I had Rob there because he, he has that experience to be able to work, you know, drive the boat and and help me out and stuff. So we ended up getting the bait back. And as we're, we turned around and we were coming back, Kellen got the third fish. And I remember looking at Rob and I'm like, did you see how fast he was going? And he was like, yeah, I was like, we need to bump it up. Like we need to just go for it. So we swung out into deep water. We were probably like 17 feet of water, kind of working back down the lake. And this is like, at this point, it's like one o'clock because we had spent 45 minutes pulling the snag out. So we're driving and I'm in the back and I'm working rods. And the one bait that I left out all day that I didn't change was Jace's mojo. That was, you know, his custom painted mojo. So we're driving and all of a sudden the rod goes off and it sounds like, I mean, it, I knew it wasn't a snag. We were out deep. Like I knew it was a fish instantly grab the rod and I'm trying to hand it to Jace. Like the one thing I can remember and and looking at the footage, it was kind of funny. Like Jace is like seven. He weighs like 45 pounds soaking wet. You can't just hand him, you know, a side rod and like expect them to hold it and start cranking. You know what I mean? Like, and we had talked about this. It's like, if we get a fish, Rob, like jump on the rod with him and help him. Well, I was, I was trying to hand off the rod and we got everything handed off and I can just Jace the whole time, dude, he was giggling and laughing like berserk, like laughing and giggling. And it's you're like, shitting your pants the whole time thinking, please let get in the net. Please get the net. Well, I was trying to clear and I was, I just wanted this fish for him so bad, dude. It was like, Oh my God. Like that's the only thing the night before I couldn't even sleep. And we talked about this too, like Swinky, you said something earlier, like this year, you know, you fish the best when you're by yourself because you know, you don't have that pressure of other people on the boat with you. And that was kind of like the first time aside from the tournament where I felt that pressure, like to be able to get Jace a fish. So while this is all going on, I'm like clearing rods and looking at the footage, like I cleared the board rod and I should have never cleared that board rod. Like I should have just left the board go and just cleared the other down rod. But I was so amped that we had a fish on that I just cleared that whole side to get everything out of the way. Cause I knew that's where I was going to net it. But like, I wasn't thinking clearly Tom, to your point, like that's all I could think about was like, please hit the bag. Like just please hit the bag. So I go, I finally get to the back of the, the boat with this net. And the one thing I had told them, like, if we get a fish on, you got to make sure you step back so I can get in there. And I got enough room to be able to net and and deal with this. And 
like Jace, like the whole time he's giggling and laughing. I can hear him like on the reel and he's like, I can't reel. I can't reel. So we like, we tighten the drag and everything. And I just remember standing back there and I look back and I see that freaking custom painted Leo hanging out of this fish's mouth. And I just, I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. This fish has to hit the bag. Like it absolutely, there is no option here. Like I can't mess this up. Like I can't hang this fish on the bag. This is going to be devastating if I screw this up. So the one thing I noticed, like I'm standing at the back of the boat and I noticed with, with Rob holding the rod and Jace reeling and holding the rod, they couldn't get enough leverage to like pull, you know, how like you got to be able to pull the fish to the bag at some point. They couldn't get the fish to me. So I'm standing there holding the bag, like ready to go. And the fish just would not come to me. So I, like in the clip, like I turn around and I shut the motor off. Like I just put it in neutral. And soon as I turned around, all that slack picked up and that fish was right there. Freaking dunked the net. She went in and we went absolutely berserk. And it was probably, I'm going to say this probably every time it happens, but like looking at the fish that I've been able to get in the boat this year, like that one might be my favorite because number one, that was Jace's first muskie. Number two, he's seven years old. And that's a, like Rob said it best too, like proud dad moment. Like that's my son getting his first muskie. Like, dude, the opportunity to be able to just have a small piece of that, just a small piece of involvement in, in that first fish. Like I, especially on that bait, like it was something that, um, I mean, we'll never forget it. You know, Rob, we've talked about it since and, you know, that fish hit the bag and I turned and looked at Jace and he's Jace just let out this big scream, like, let's go. And just to hear like how excited awesome. he was and just how pumped he was. And like, I don't know, he was just fired up to see it. And, you know, Rob at one point he was trying to get the fish out of the bag and I was trying to get him to boga it. And he, he was shaking so bad. Like Rob was, he was shaking so bad. He's like, I've never shook this bad with a muskie in the bag in my entire life. Like he couldn't get the fish under control. And it was just like a really, even though it was just, it was a 37 inch muskie and there were 10 fish caught that day. Like that was a very special thing to be able to get Jace's first fish and, and be able to see Rob hold that fish with him and take those pictures. And you know, the release just be able to release the fish from soup to nuts. Like the whole day was just, it was awesome. And you know, I'll just say like, really, like if you've never done an event, that was my first one at the kids outing. Like I'll, I'll probably never miss that event moving forward just because it's an opportunity to be able to make a memory like that. And sometimes people that you don't even really know, you know, I got a chance to really talk to Rob and spend some time with them. And, you know, you just, it's just one of those things. Like you always have that memory and it was a cool thing to be a part of. So. Yeah, if you guys, uh, anybody out there that wants to do that, you know, make sure you check it out next year. Get paired up with somebody and go out there and try to put a muskie in the bag. It was, it was pretty cool. So, and yeah. for anyone that doesn't know this custom Leo, try to describe, do your best to describe it because I know it's a doozy. Well, it's a doozy, and I know Todd had a heck of a time painting it. Um, it's like blue and red and green, and there's no real rhyme or reason. It's just kind of like abstract and what i want to tell what i want to tell looks you looks like a multicolored 
Like stained glass. Kind of, yeah. I get <laughs> yes. stained glass vibes. That's, yeah, it's got a blue head. It's got like neon green sections, like red stripes. It's got yellow in it. It is a grayscale orange section of the belt. Like it's just, it's, it's all over the place. Like mm. it is literally all it's over like a the mosaic. place. And I got to tell you guys, like Rob, so Rob actually had Leo. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but he had Leo paint him two of those. One for Jace to put on a shelf and one to actually fish with. Well, this bait, like, I mean, it's got a fish on it. And I can tell you just by seeing it in the water, dude, it looks crazy. Like, it's. Yeah, I so- might have to order one. Hey, Todd, I need the J special. Yeah, we, we were calling it Jace's Perch. Jace's Perch. Of course, it's everything in Muskie's a perch. Yeah. This Even is though it's wild. a shad bait. Everything is has, a perch. It looks nothing like a perch. You could call it like Prisma. I don't even know what you would call it. Mm-hmm. They're all perch. But it, uh, dude, it lights up in the water. You put it back there and you see that neon green like orb around the bait. It's wild. It's, uh, it's one heck of a lure there, but yeah, it just happened to work out that way. It was kind of a storybook thing. So chalk another storybook up for this year. I told Rob he'll be using that to get chicks in college. Like you ever see this video and be catching a muskie when I was little, check this out. Like, we don't have that from when we were little. Like, if I had video of me at that age catching a fish like that, I would sh- be showing everybody. I'd have it, like, on loop in my house. That's such a cool thing to have as a little kid. I, Dude, I didn't set the camera up until, like, noon. Mm. I was When's like... the uh, YouTube video coming out? Well, we're, we're going to work on something. I, I, I was a little leery. I didn't want to jam cameras in, in the face of a seven-year-old and go through all the YouTube stuff, but Rob was pretty adamant that they want to do a video. So we're going to, we're going to work something out. I got, I got a couple of ideas on how to, how to create something on this one that that's going to actually be like fun to watch. And, you know, we might have a, might have a little interview with Jace. We'll we'll see. See things got to line up, but we're going to do something for sure. You need to go all out for Jace's interview. Make it like 2020. Put him in like a dark room with like a cigar and an ashtray and like a, a nice cup of whiskey. Make him make him look real classy and the most interesting man in the world kind of vibe. Just as long as it's not like the baby Gronk interview. Did you yeah, guys see yeah. any of that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we're not doing oh. that. <laughs> I'm thinking more like Hezbollah. Yeah. yeah. We'll figure it. We'll figure it out. We're going to do something. We're going to do something, but I thought about asking Leo to paint this pattern for me. I don't think he's going to be too happy about that one. Well, will two make him happier or more pissed? Cause I'd like to have know. one too. I don't know. We, this is uh, yeah, we gotta, we gotta get him going. We gotta get Leo to put a couple of these out there on the market. Mm-hmm. There's some white in there too. I didn't even realize that. I bet he loved painting that one. Yeah. He but that was a challenge. He did not enjoy that one. <laughs> so, so who actually won the youth outing? Or- yeah, was so, it an actual tournament? Like, was yeah, there a so winner the, losers? The way that this kind of worked was like, they had, and keeping in mind, like, this is about the kids. So they, dude, Charlie and Joel, like, I, I hadn't seen the other events that they did. I'm assuming they were along the same lines, but they had a ton of giveaways like tons of lures. And I knew Kellen donated a bunch of stuff. Mark King donated a bunch or a couple, you know, things. And there was just uh, somebody, I can't remember his name right now. I think it was uh, his last name's Horak. He donated money 
for for first, second, and third. Yeah, he did that last year too. I don't know that gentleman, uh, yeah, honestly, but I know he did that last year too. It it what this boils down to is like members of sixteen, like Bravo, like that event doesn't happen for these kids unless you get generous people. And that's one of those things, dude, that blew me away. Like there was a lot of donations, like every kid got raffle picked, you know, for something. They walked away with multiple baits there. Kellen had some fishing rods. Somebody won that giant cooler that Kellen donated or Donnie, however you guys worked that out. But I mean, there was just a lot of cool stuff. Money. I just, I I just (laughs) retrieved some of it. I just pulled it off the trucks and sat it aside if I thought it would be cool. Other than that, that's all Kellen's donation. Mac. Mac discount. Check yeah. it out. Yeah. Check it out sometime. Definitely check it out. Check it out. I want to pull this up because I want to give everybody their due here. I should have had this ready to go. Three rivers. All I know is it's the year of Ryan Reed, huh? Yes, it oh, is. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. It is. He's got the mojo. Pun intended. So, okay, so there were just under 30 kids at the youth outing, uh, nine, I'm sorry, nine muskies and one pike, which, by the way, Dave Rankin, uh, Carmella, that was a freaking heck of a pike, dude. It was, I think it was 34 and a half, something like that. Nice pikes. So first pike, first pikes, first place, (laughs) Kurt Barron with a 40 and a half inch muskie. Second place, Luke Drum with a 39-inch muskie. And third place, Declan Campbell with a 39-inch muskie. Um, honorable mentions were Aiden Campbell, 38-inch muskie. Jace Plocky, 37. Declan Campbell had another one, 36-inch muskie. Carmelo with that 34-inch pike. Gage Boyle, 32-inch muskie. Emmett Anthony, 29-inch muskie. And Olivia Miller with a 28-and-a-quarter-inch muskie. So they... First, second, and third got a cash prize, and then all the kids got a raffle, and they had tons of pizza there and tons of drinks, and it was just like a cool little deal at the pavilion where, you know, somebody was giving away like, uh, I don't think it was maybe Chris Troy. That's right. He was giving away like patches, like old school, like patches, like the Nate Bud patches. It was just pretty cool. Like there was a lot of just cool stuff for the kids and. I think it just worked out really well. It was David and Kathy Horak that donated the cash prizes. So Leo donated some mojos. That was the other funny thing about when I, when Rob and I were talking about this event, he was asking me about what colors he wanted to pick up a mojo for, to be able to run. And I told him, you know, flow perch, like flow perch or purple tiger. So he ended up with the flow perch and he was debating between the two. Well, Jace got pulled for one of the Leo raffles and it was a purple tiger mojo, which was like unbelievable to me that that was the other color he had been looking at that he wanted to pick up. And it just so happened that they won that on a raffle. So, yeah, I had Joel at the end of the event. He was he came over. We were talking by my boat and I look over and he's like rubbing the he's like rubbing the back of the boat. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm trying to suck all the luck out of it. <laughs> He's like, share some of it. I'm like, ah, oh, dude, I don't know. I can't, I don't think it has anything to do with other than me just being out there fishing, but 
Does Joel bring his karaoke machine to youth day and teach the kids how to do proper karaoke? I wish he would. If you ran that by him, he might do it next year. Little karaoke lessons on the side. How to stay on key by Joel Morrow. He should do a little concert next year. Work concert concert. for the kids. Mm -hmm. Something. I don't know. Joel Morrow. Something could tell me that could turn into some. we might need Owen to defend us from <laughs> parents or something by the end of the day. People are going to be taking their kids home from what, that one. Could you imagine Joel singing like kids' bop? That's, that's my president. That's my right. president. Well, so, moms one by one just pull their kids out by the hand. Honey, we're going home now. Day's <laughs> over. If anybody wants to see pictures, Chapter 16, Three Rivers, has all the kids, the youth outing pictures up there. So check that out. It's like a perfect day. Yeah, it was good. I'm ready to get back out on the water. So what else? Uh, we got anything else here? Because I know, Nick, did you have any any tales from the north? Uh, just went pike fishing mostly and partied more than anything. Not a lot of fishing. Uh, Rattlesnake hunting. Oh, can we yeah. talk about that? Yes. Yeah. Went out uh, Saturday was the opening day, rattlesnake season. Sorry, venomous snake season in Pennsylvania. I didn't even know that was a thing. Me neither. Yeah. So you, it's like a separate permit off your fishing license. You have to have a fishing license. I feel like you should be able to kill those some bitches anytime you see them. (laughs) Yeah. In all seriousness, you guys like, how you like camp out at like, you know, like it's the first day of trout. Like we're going, we're going after rattlers tomorrow. Rattlers. We're all. Camping out by the fire and I think some people probably do that. But uh a- much much like most musky fishing adventures, I just met a fellow geologist at a truck stop early in the morning and <laughs> you know, away we went. So how strictly is that you're saying opening day of venomous snake season? If I'm out there the day before bagging up my venomous snakes, is that like something strictly enforced? Yeah, one of the WCOs will just gun you down. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Take my snake back. Yeah. I think it's... I can tell you if one wanders into my yard, it's venomous snake season year-round. Oh, hell yeah. I think uh, (laughs) mostly novelty. I would definitely eat one if I kept one, just to try it out. But uh, So you just let them go? You catch and release them? We did, because we didn't have any that like met the requirements to, uh, to keep one. I would have kept one if we did, but... So you have to, what are the requirements? Length? Yeah, they have to be 42 inches long, and they have to have like a certain number of scales between like the vent and the rattle. Something so you have to actually like capture this thing and check that out? Do you like yeah. flop it on your bump board? Yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. Something That's tells a, me Bonnie would be catching a lot of 36-inch yeah. rattlesnakes if he was a rattlesnake hunter. Sounds like, sounds like Nick was bumping mm-hmm. rattlesnake subs. The measuring was <laughs> difficult because you're like, you got its head like in a tube so it can't bite you. And then you're like trying to stretch it out <laughs> well, next dude, hold to on. a tape measure. Timeouts, timeout. How do, okay, well, you got to walk us. How does one, yeah, how do you, how do you catch how does a, one like, wrangle how do you, a rattlesnake? Thank you. So, like, you essentially just have to, like, creep through the woods and look for them sunning themselves early in the morning. So, we had, like, ideal conditions, cool evening. It was, like, I think I saw, like, 47 on my drive out to meet uh, 
the guy I went with. And 47 where? Degrees. Oh, 47, 47 degrees. degrees. Okay. Yeah. So it was I cold was 47 snakes. I'm like, no, holy shit. No. I don't cold. want to live anywhere near there. Yeah, like, where the <laughs> fuck are you? Cold evening and then like full sun. So they come out and sun themselves. Like That's snakes. cute. Yeah. So like the one that we measured was just like perched on top of a nice big uh, like sandstone conglomerate kind of rock and uh, walked up. You just got to like creep because if you're walked up. Yeah. If you're too noisy, they like the first one we saw, I was just like marching through the woods like I was bird hunting, just like covering ground. And it like was spooked. I was probably still you know, 15, 20 yards away from it. And I saw it start to slither. So then after that, I slowed down and just kind of like gingerly walked Went through the... the other way. Yeah. I no, assume. no. <laughs> Nick was doing like 5-2 through the woods. He needed to just throttle back to like 3-8. Three, yeah, three, eight. Come on. Hey, that's a, you know, when you're walking through the woods, especially bird, like grouse hunting, you're just death march. But... What rattlesnakes? You have to be ginger, gent, gentle. Um, yeah. So we found the first one. It was like big. I thought it was like I never realized how dark they were. I thought that one was like very dark, and the guy I was with was like, "Oh no, that's still like a pretty light phase." And that's like part of the reporting. You have to say if it was a light or dark phase one. Uh, so like the dark ones almost look like a rat snake, like a black like pitch black um so this one was more like a you know like kind of like a dark khaki in the lighter areas to like dark brown and uh we call it yeah so we like moved it out to like a nice road area that we could like had like clear no vegetation or whatever and then you kind of course it into this like clear plastic tube, like get its head in there. And it's like the tube's like two feet long, so you're not what do you mean by coerce? You have like Big the army <laughs> plays the little flute and yeah. get the get the Chris get the Chris. It's a bit of a loaded term there. Okay, hold on. You you skip so how did you rank did you guys have some kind of like like uh like a, a grabber or a grabber, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's like made for snakes, it has like two like big nice flat pads that have like a lot of surface area to them and uh just walked up like slid it under it grabbed it picked it up carried it over to the road and then started uh you know harassing it until we were able to like get it safely in the tube so we could measure it and count scales and everything that was the only one we actually handled this is the gentleman you went with. Does he have all ten fingers? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Do you guys are you carrying like a vial of anti venom with you, or how does this? No. Work? So, like, I'll tell it to you the best way I've ever heard it put to me. And don't was, get bit. Well, no. <laughs> Try not to. But this guy. So I met this guy out in Utah, and he was like a real, whatever, rich guy. We were like mapping like doing geologic mapping of his ranch and whatever. And he's like giving us a tour of his place. And he's got like 
a shoulder mount of a giraffe or whatever. Been to Africa like a ton of times hunting. And somebody had seen a rattlesnake that day out there. And uh, they were like, you know, don't you ever get worried about rattlesnakes? You know, whatever. And he's like, well, I used to. And then I hunted in Africa a bunch of times. And the guys there, they said, you know, if you get bit by a snake out there, you just kind of find a nice tree and try and pick a nice place to, <laughs> to yeah. conk out. Basically. Whereas, like, in America, you can drive yourself to the hospital and you'll be uh, fine. So they, they have, like, some of the hospitals and around us have, like, anti-venom on. Yeah. And, uh, like, actually Saturday, they were doing a roundup where, like, um, it's kind of a competition. I don't know what you win or whatever. But they, like, people just catch snakes, bring them to some location. I think they measure them, whatever, and they collect uh, venom from them to make anti-venom. But... There's a couple counties that do it. I think that I can't remember if that was Clearfield or I think Cameron County and uh, a couple other ones, central, North Central, kind of do rattlesnake roundups. Where were but you guys? Did you guys stay local or did you? We go... were in Clearfield County. Okay, cool. But uh, but yeah, we saw those two on our like walk in, and then there was another little area with a bunch of big rocks. And we ended up finding one, one rock that had like another dozen snakes all like packed in around it. So we like stood on top of it and just kind of like took pictures of them. Didn't want to like stir it up. There was probably two more that were in that like 45 inch range, but we didn't, we didn't pull them out of there and measure them or anything. Cause they're kind of hunky dory in there. So. Is there a trophy number like we shoot for the fifty inch musk? Are you shooting for the fifty inch rattler? I I don't think so. No. Uh, like the guy I went with said, the biggest one he's ever caught was like a fifty one inch, but that was all the way over. I can't remember what county he said it was, but it was more towards like the the Ridge and Valley province in Pennsylvania. Uh, hmm. But yeah, he was more. He said like the his like you know kind of great white buffalo are the copperhead rattlesnakes i don't know a lot about them i don't sound like they actually... could fuck you up pretty good right i think they're more associated with water too um, oh lovely yeah but i mean are those different than copperheads no so there's timber rattlers and copperheads are the two venomous snake well there's three in pennsylvania but those are the two you're allowed to like catch in pennsylvania and the copperheads are just much more or less common. I think you'd be more common the further south you go in the kind of Allegheny region. What are those copperhead rattlesnakes? I think so, but I really don't. I'm not certain that they have rattles okay. or not. See, my uncle used to work for the railroad and he would get called out to go work on like the giant rail boxes that are on the tracks. Yeah. And in the summer, like they would have tons of like, copperheads in the in these big metal boxes they get in there okay but uh i i mean he never really told any stories other than seeing a ton of them yeah i don't know that i've ever seen a copperhead you know where we used to catch copperheads ryan you're gonna know this place indian lake of all places me in the rocks like in the rocks yeah i used to catch them there with my buddy rob when i was younger 
Yeah, so it looks like copyrights do not have rattles. The, uh, I don't think they did. I'm pretty sure I saw at least one or two of them like at Twin Lakes in Greensburg, like in the rocks, but I never dude, I see a snake and I'm I'm the opposite of Nick. Like I'm out of there, dude. Like me too. I'm not I'm even, the opposite direction. Dude, I me and my brother saw a giant black snake this one time, and I swear to God, dude, we were coming across we were out bow hunting. We we're coming across this field, this one farm out by me. And I look down and I see this like snake laying in the in the field and it's like head is up like it's it's like up off the ground and i looked at him and i'm like who puts a rubber snake out here like i, I like joking around we took like three steps towards that thing dude it it got up it bolted and it cr- like it hit this giant brush pile and when it hit the brush pile like it shook the brush pile yeah see that's never the thing, seen like, anything like that i feel like being nervous about like running into one is not something you should worry about because they're literally like skittish, incredibly skittish. Like it took like Drew like creeping in order to not spook them, and then even once the like we were taking pictures and stuff, like significantly bothered them that we were even like that close to them. They're not. They were more like we're getting out of here. Not they're not turning to like strike at you at all. You would have to like really mess with one to to have it trying to bite you. Saw that you sent that picture or whatever. I thought you were starting your own church. Yeah, I might as well. Snake church. Yeah. (laughs) Like the picture of my Jesus is a uh, precocious badger. Snake charming PA with Nick Fiesler. Right. Yeah, it was very cool though. Uh, So. Like, is this something you do regularly, Nick, or is this no? Like that was the first time, time I'd ever done it. All right, so you're not you're not I, a. Uh, what would you consider yourself? I guess we'd probably snake call curious. you the resident snake wrangling expert. <laughs> I guess <laughs> you you got more skill than anyone else here. I'm fairly certain. I did. This are is you this. a herp? Uh, Doesn't that make you a herper or a herp- uh, herpy? Is it a herpes? You have herpes. You, you become you, a herpy. Herpologist. Herpetology. Herpetology is We're not a, out is herping. That, that sounds yeah. terrible. But uh, I did. I got the permit one Can't other time. Can't get rid of that. Uh, when I was working out in like the national, well, still state forest, like up uh, McKean County, because everyone there was like, "Oh, you know, if you're out here a lot, you'll see rattlesnakes." And then I like worked this one, you know, gas field for like an entire summer and never saw one. So I've I've bought the rattlesnake permit twice. It does have like a lot of weird rules to it. Like you have to send in a report of what you harvested, even if you didn't harvest anything um, at the end of the season. So it's kind of, and then otherwise they'll like not let you buy a license again or something. I think they can even take away your fishing license privileges. So, but this doesn't per- sound like something I'd like ever a communist want country to do. these days. Yeah, yeah, but it's no, cool. I'm good. It's neat, you know. I was I was happy you did it, so I could see and hear about it. But I don't know that I'm going to be out there chasing rattlesnakes anytime what? soon. I was excited. I was hoping we'd be able to have like uh, rattlesnake uh, fritters or something. So you talked about eating this thing. Like, 
what there's obviously some kind of special way you got to address these things, right? Like, so, um, I don't know. I've I haven't like researched the, uh, but like cleaning a snake is like incredibly easy. It's just a tube, so it's like just peel it off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to worry. You just like cut the head off and you're good. That's what I would do. I wouldn't mess with that. You know, because I mean, the venom's still in there. It's not like that's what I mean. Like it's not venomous after it's dead. So you just cut the top half of it off and you just pull the skin away. And what do you do? Put it right on the blackstone? Yeah. I don't know. Hell of a set of loins. Little habanero sauce. Pizza shaped food right on the grill. That is a wow. That's one if I ever heard. That's a uh, sausage shape. There's all kinds of things, you know? Because then, like, I feel like it would be cool, too, to, like, preserve the skeleton. Maybe even, like, re-articulate it. You get weird with it. <laughs> make a chain out of it, like a necklace. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Make, make a make a snakeskin belt. Yeah, have, so many like, options. Have you eaten snakes before? A wallet before? chain, perhaps? Eat, like... I've had, like... They called them like rattlesnake fritters one time out in Utah, but it literally was like pancake batter with a couple like mystery meat chunks in it. Like, <laughs> was it, it like was, actual? It wasn't like tangible no, snake. It wasn't snake substantive. Meat. Like, if there was snake in it, it was a touch I, I, of snake. Like, I don't. I just. I feel like that thing would have to taste really damn good for me to risk my life to try to catch one. You know, who knows? Maybe it's your favorite food and you never tried it. I mean, I can, could you imagine can, slap? Sorry, that's my sugar meter. Uh oh, my sugar. That's all the beers. Sounds like you need some rattlesnake. Yep. A little anti protein. I just hit silence and not think about it. That's right. Have another drink beer. another beer, you'll forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so maybe one of these days I'll get get one and we'll we can have a cookout. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm in. Just count me in. Just um, full send. I'll eat snake with you. There you go. Oh, well, that is crazy. It's not something I would ever consider any of us doing. But I'm glad you did it so we could talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you got to seek out these hidden gems that are offered by our great state of Pennsylvania. Oh, man. What else do we have here? Oh, and you got, any, you got anything going on down there in the lab? Anybody catching fish on Big O's you want to talk about? Um, You know what? I... I... I do have uh, Big O's is now going to be displayed at Sally's at the Lake at Canadota Lake. So anyone that wants to pick up uh, some actual, you know, go and actually put get your hands on some Big O's, they're going to be out there. Uh, that's they're going to be out there all year. Right now, I just have some double eights and some uh, like casting spinner baits. I don't have anything crazy up there, but I have like twenty or thirty baits. So. That's about all the news I have. Nick and I got out and casted for a couple hours the other night, and that was nice, but uh, we didn't see anything. So I did get out and fish on the gymmers for for at least uh, you know a couple hours. That was that was good. But other than that, that's all I have to report here, boys. Yeah. First pickerel on a big O's. 
Yeah. That one. Cross the species off the big O's list. Ryan Elizondo got one on a on a big yeah, nice, O, didn't he? Nice tiger. Huh? Yeah. He did. But awesome. the first known tiger on a big O? Think? Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. If we want to kick it back, I also did catch the first sauger on a big O's. So I have two feathers in my big O's hat as of now. <laughs> Oh, I, guess I didn't be... get you first, but I caught a muskie <laughs> on a big O, so I'm good with that. Donnie, I actually just printed out your picture today because uh, I'm putting some pictures up for the display up at up at Sally's, and oh, your your, your sunset pictures is definitely going up there. All right, we're gonna have to go to Sally's and pick up a couple bucktails. There, there you go. go. I'll, I'll I'll do an autograph signing when I'm there for all of everyone go. who wants to <laughs> just wants stand to in the corner the holding the sharpie. Thirty eight incher. Can you, can you please do it shirtless? <laughs> Whatever the people want. Oh yeah. Please your write your name on your chest. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, is anybody fishing this weekend? Hell yeah, yeah. a lot. Maybe maybe a Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Oh wow! Oh, oh. Holy yeah. cow! Musky fishing? I think so. At least two of them will be musky fishing. Where's Wade? Watershed. Be? Just give them away. Yeah, just leave some food out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping to get out at least one day. I'm trying to leverage the fact that my it's my birthday week and Father's Day to right to get myself a pass. But that's my tactic. It's also with both of those things this week, it becomes a, a very uh, busy weekend. So I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Well, fingers crossed. I know I'm getting out the, the week after that. Me and Ryan are going to go up to New York and run the table. I think we are going to – the mice are going to feel the team. Oh, look at that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be there, Nick. <laughs> I think so. Is anybody so. else coming? What about you two? I would love to, but that's my son is my son is coming back from Boy Scout camp. Like I got eight, my wife is going away with uh, on a camping trip, so I got eight million. Of course, I'm overbooked in eight million different ways. We'll let you hold it down up there. We need chapter sixteen members to represent. I'm calling you guys out. Any chapter sixteen members that are listening, get your asses up to New York. Let's go show them what we got. This is a this is like a chapter challenge. Like none of us care who wins as long as first, second, and third are all members of chapter sixteen. You heard it here first. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, boys and girls. Get up there. Let's do this. I'm gonna go to Arthur this weekend and clean up on all Ryan and Jace's and Kellen's sloppy seconds, I think. I'll see you out there Saturday. Yep. The Arthur trolling expert. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go live up to my name here, or I'm gonna lose my title. Yeah, right now Ryan's really pushing for it. I know. Like I got a little heat. I hear is I hear him on my heels. I gotta get out there on Arthur. Putting the bluegill rods away, I guess. Damn. Yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna get the old man out there, and we're gonna go. We're gonna go bang some some cribs and see what happens. That's what I was thinking. I, I should go. I'm not going Saturday. Sounds like, like it's gonna be crowded. <laughs> I'm gonna launch at the most crowdest, crowded, crowdest, 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 
the yeah whatever launch has the most people that's where i'm gonna be i'm going Fire right around. into it yeah no, maybe not. Yeah, uh, it, it's always entertaining. That's a fun ramp to just like to to go Nick Fiesler it and just like go hang out at the ramp for a while and watch the nonsense that takes place because it's wild <laughs> and it's all day every day in the summer. I've never seen so many people sunbathing at the boat in, ramp at the boat ramp in my entire life is at that youth outing. <laughs> It was crazy. People were it's, grilling. It's a perfect yeah. incline. People with the sun angle. Mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't launch there. We launched at McDaniels, but it was I'd never seen anything like that. Yeah, that I never get, seen I mean they all get pretty wild. All the main ones, you know, five twenty eight gets pretty wild too, but bear run, I just feel like maybe it's because I launched there a little more that I've noticed it more, but it just seems like it really gets crazy there. Like that's there's there always... must be some like prime reason that kayakers love kayaking in that like 20 by 20 area where the boat backs into the water. They like launch their kayaks and they're like, I'm going to paddle right over here. And this looks like a good spot to hang out. You, can ask, bear. you can ask Rob what we ran into pulling the boat out. I had like three people in kayaks that were like banging off the side of my boat. Like as I'm putting like it's on the trailer and they were like banging off the side of the boat like and I'm like, ones. I'm like, can you move? But then there was so many people like hanging out at the ramp. There was like overweight shirtless dudes. There were girls in bikinis. There were people cooking sausages on the grill. There were, there were people like playing for everyone. cornhole in the parking lot. I'm like, what the heck is going on here, dude? Like, and it's not even, I mean, you guys have been to, to that ramp. There's not that much grassy knoll there for you to hang out on. And yet every inch of it was taken. That's what, like, right, like, probably from now on till end of August, the ramp that we always use to access, like, the fish camp up in Canada, it's, like, loaded with kayakers. And they literally have, like, a specific kayak launch spot, but all the kayakers just, like, yeah, they just lay their kayaks on the boat ramp and then, like, spend two hours loading them with their crap. And then just like take up the whole boat ramp, and it's it's, it's excellent. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get there at like five in the morning, so I don't have to deal with people. But we'll see. Yeah, it, get there early and stay late, and you don't have to deal with much of it. Just you're still deal with it a little bit getting off because there's always people all day long there. That, you know, and it, especially that lake because now you're getting into the time of year where you got all the guys that are gonna be going out at dusk to go night fishing for the hybrids. So you get it going both ways at Arthur. Every You got all the daylight fishermen coming off and all the other guys trying to go out. Maybe Man, I'll my just, buddy, my buddy I think I'm, I'm just going to stay home. Yeah. Is it get out there? It's it, worth it. Is it's it Preston season yet? The double decker tourist tune. Go to a better lake. Yeah, I could, but what's the water level like? Like it was, it, it was fine on Sunday. It, it was pretty... down, it, it's down like a foot or two, but I think water launch, is launch naturally it like, level. Launch it like porters. Yeah, 
maybe bleep this or now everyone's going to go launch a port. Well, you can put it out after this or something, but <laughs> go to one of those back dirt ramp launches. There won't be nearly as crowded. You'll have to deal with some kayakers there, but you'll be fine. Yeah. I'm just going to launch like right off the bridge. That'll gonna, work too. Yeah. yeah. It'll be fine. Just take the straps off, hit the gas. Yeah. I do have one more thing really quick. Just so you guys know. So when you buy boat buckles, they don't come with lock nuts. I experienced a bit of an issue. I get up to Arthur for the the kids tournament and I unstrap the boat buckles and the one boat buckle just like slides vertically and turns upside down. It just went. And I had all my ratchets and stuff in the truck, so I was able to tighten it up, but just for for future endeavors like i went and bought lock I, I contacted boat buckle and got very specific lock nuts that they told me to buy and by the way they're extremely difficult to find so if you or if you have boat buckles and you need lock nuts you might want to go out and try to find 716-14 and dash 20 lock nuts just throw that out there uh like nobody has them i ordered them they were delayed and somehow in Greensburg at this one very old hardware store, they had them. So I was able to put lock nuts on with some Loctite and that problem has been officially resolved. But I think you're having the most boat buckle issues out of anyone I ever met. I literally, I took mine out of the box. I'd screwed them on and I haven't thought about them since. And the boat buckle saga still continues for Ryan. I don't know if well, they sent you some goofy ones or it's not that it's my trailer. Like I can't oh. just bolt the buckles directly to the trailer because there's not enough room for the buckle. Hmm. Like it's, it's a, it's not like a, I'd have to show you a picture. Oh yeah. Yours are sideways. Like they're going. sideways. So you have to get the extra bracket to get them, you know, flat out the back of the boat, but or trailer, but it's, yeah. I remember Nick, like whenever I texted you guys, Nick was like, you sure those are going to hold? And I'm like, yeah, it'll be fine. You got to put lock nuts on those bad boys. That was a Charlie Mueller fix. He looked at it and he's like, just go get lock nuts and Loctite. That definitely took care of it. They're not moving now. I may never be able to get them off. That's all I have. Torch. Yeah. Well, boys. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Until next time. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. yep, We're all tired. Absolutely. All right, guys. All right, boys. I think we'll be we'll be doing this again soon, though. Oh yeah, we've been Real hearing soon. pressure. The Indians are restless. They need hunks episodes. Get them out there. Get them out there. We're getting them out there. Peace All out, right, Girl Scouts. All right, boys. See you, boys. Next time. Hey guys. I had to shake them on my last case. Big O don't play. O don't play.